Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The The Pro Pro Wrestling Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast. And today we have a big interview for you. He is the former Limitless World Champion. He's the current Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm Champion. The current Empire State Wrestling Interstate Champion. He is the Northeast Beast, the prize. And you can find him at the Prize City OG on Twitter and Instagram. Today we are sitting down with Alec Price. Alec, how are you doing today? Yo, what's good? What's good? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling. You know what I mean? A little tired. Just came back from Bama, but uh not. I'm good. I'm good. Nice. Now, I when I was looking you up, because I've been following you for a couple of years, I was blown away that you are so young. What has been the key to you getting to where you've gotten so fast? No cap, just like a great worth ethic. You know what I mean? Like kind of just like been hustling. So like, I think that's just about it. Like I'm not afraid to hustle and really get down and work for my stuff. Like I was growing up by like my dad, you know, obviously did a bunch of like, like a uh, class one diesel mechanical, like, <sighs> sorry, class one diesel mechanical work. So I had, I was, I, my dad was a worker. So I basically got that from him. So like, we're not afraid to kind of do what we have to do to get, you know, get the job done. You know what I mean? So that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, what got you interested in wrestling first? What were some of your early favorites and like early moments that really kind of pulled you in as a fan i was like a big fan of the x division you know early i i just like i love tna i think it was just because at the time it was that other thing that was that thing on tv that was other than w you know what i mean let's see main event mafia was formed was a good good like good one that like stuck out remember when low-key came back to tna that was pretty dope first ultimate x was lit sheesh bro <laughs> yeah i can't believe i watched that much tna uh, yeah, that's like I know you that's gotta like be my, this guy that I've. So uh, yeah, like, you're the first know. person I've heard really bring up TNA as an early influence. Really? Yeah, to that yeah, extent. I mean, people yeah. are fans of it, but it's not their go-to necessarily. Well, like that would like, bro, no cap, like that was my favorite back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like I love WWE, but it was just the like it was that thing that wasn't WWE. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, it's fire. And then, like, the people they had on it, like AJ Styles, you know what I mean? Right. Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, James Storm, all like Alex Shelley, freaking Chris Saban, you know what I mean? All these motherfuckers that were just Guts. killing it. 
like killing it, like prime of their careers when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like you got Motor City Machine Guns, Main Event Mafia, everybody, beer money in the ring. Like it was crazy. Like that's just like it was just and plus like the X Division was different. Like I like the old belt with the one with the big X. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like it was it was a different style, different like different like look for a guy, you know what I mean? Because they were more a lot my size and like kind of like my style where it's a lot more kicking and a lot more offense before the flips and everything. So yeah, no, XDO. That was just I don't know, that's just, that's my type of wrestling, you know what I mean? I love it. Nice. I love it, man. You named the prize. Like when I hear that, I think of like I'm an old boxing fan. So I think of like prize fighting, you know, boxing like that. Is where did that where does that come from though I, i'm just curious basically i call myself the prize because like like i like i am the prize but like it's hard to explain bro like to be honest like i got the prize from because like i always wanted to be the prize i always went top i never really was that when i was a kid you know what i mean i was kind of always pushed aside and shit like and and where i come from there's not a lot of people that made it out you know what i mean like no one's really put the city on the map like, to me, my city is a prize to me, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I, I feel like I am the prize of that city because, like, I'm going to be the only one to put it on, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I call myself the prize city OG because I want to be the first person to put my city on the map. That's why I call my city the prize city. Like, and, you know, I call myself the prize because I'm always hunting for the prize. My goal is to be as just as everyone else, you know what I mean, on TV, on side, making hundreds of thousands to millions going everywhere. Like, that's the prize right there. My eyes are focused on it, but I also know that I am the only real prize in wrestling, bro. I'm the only real superstar actually doing it right now. Indie wrestler actually doing it right now. There ain't nobody like me on the indies. And I gotta fucking, I gotta, I gotta know. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let it know. I gotta let everyone know how much I love myself and how much I know that I'm better than everyone. See you know what I mean? So... It's a little bit of both. Like, it's a little bit of vanity, but it's also me being humble and trying to, like, put on for my people. Yeah, you were one guy when I first saw you in the ring. Like, I hated you, and it was very much in that MJF style where you're coming out, and you're getting that reaction from the crowd so, like, early, and you do it so well. And then as I got to watch you more, I'm like, God damn, this kid is talented in the ring. Like, I was at the FTR show where they wrestled Brock and Pillman and you were in the opening match with Pedro Dones, I believe. And just, I thought you guys set the pace for that night. And like, that's where I got one over as a fan that I'm like, this kid is really doing it. And it's good to hear it comes from that place of wanting to put on your city because even us, like we're from little towns in Connecticut and it would be great for us if we could, you know, put our town on. So to yeah. see you doing that in the wrestling ring, that's got to be exhilarating. Now, who are some of the people that have helped you out along the way and given you the best advice to get to where you are? Now? It's hard because, like, I met so many people that's, like, helped me out in any which way. Like, I'm not the type of dude that, like, shy away from, like, advice or, like, an idea. Like, if somebody's up and, like, hey, I thought this looked really good. I'm going to take it. A lot of people, a lot of guys, they're like, they'll like look at it like, all right, who are you in wrestling? You know what I mean? Mike Bailey definitely helped me out. Josh Briggs, I think kind of like definitely like, cause like when I, when I wrestled Josh at that point, like I had great matches, but I didn't really know what a moment or what, like what it actually meant. You know what I mean? So after I faced Josh, like faced Josh, I was able to kind of like 
really see what a moment actually is and how like kind of kind of put it together and this is what it looks like and this is what you want and this is where you want it in the story and this is why you do it but you know what i mean like that's kind of like that match kind of started me like getting me to think about more than just like all right move you know what i mean so i think definitely mike bailey when i wrestled him the first time and josh briggs probably the two best advice i ever got nice now you've got like this year it's when i was checking on your cage match profile it's the most it looks like you've worked in it, and you've done a lot at beyond wrestling and wrestling open what do you tell us a little bit about beyond wrestling and why wrestling open is such an important event beyond wrestling is like my place right now you know beyond wrestling has kind of been like the top of the indie slash uh new england area for freaking more than 10 years right now and um i feel like there's been a lot of good that's come out of beyond that's helped the area and help indie wrestling so I'm kind of glad that this is a place like Beyond Around. It's kind of like Limitless. Like, in a way, they're both helping, like, wrestling like, in the territory without people even realize they are. Just by, like, being there for guys every Thursday to have a show. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, letting locals have an opportunity like that that, like, they would never have in a million years. Wrestling Open is just, like, it's just wild. Like, the beginning of the year, we had 60 people. You know what I mean? Now we're averaging like two two eighty like two something like a week. You know what I mean? Like it it was like it was something that wasn't heard of or like no one really was doing at the time. And like Drew and like wrestling open is great, bro. I feel like wrestling open is like that like that platform, bro. That a lot of like a lot of us need. You know what I mean? Like a lot of like like people that are just trying to get their break. Just trying to get a couple eyes on them. Just trying to get on a couple shows. Like, Wrestling Open is there, and it's going to be able to build more than it will take. Like, it's not never going to be able to take down from anybody. It's just going to build them up. Because the more people that, like, watch Wrestling Open, the more people that show up to Wrestling Open, the more people that know you. And then it's also more reps where you could just be bang and bang and bang. And it's just, like, it's basically a fast track to success, if you really want to think about it. You know what I mean? Every Thursday you have a match. That's every Thursday, every new match, you have an opportunity to learn something and get better. And like you have people there, like I'm like, I'm usually there. Or we have freaking like AEW stars come by most of the time. There's a lot of seminars happening every week. Everyone gets an opportunity. Like you can sign up to wrestle. So it's, it's, it's wrestling open is just special, man. I don't know. Like I'm just, I, I love wrestling open to death. And like, I'm glad that I've been a part of it for as long as I have. And like from the start on. So I'm just happy to be here, bro. We had drew on and he was telling us it's almost like a, an open mic night, like in comedy, you know, like wrestlers coming in and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you have to, you have to sign up and then get on. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's pretty lit. Like you never really had this idea in wrestling before. So like, when it definitely started, there was a lot of people that didn't know how it was going to go. Because, like, you never seen something like this. But, like I said, 60 people to averaging 280 a week, it's not bad for the first year. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. obviously, it's something that's going to work. I feel like we can build off of it. So. It's wild. I'm curious. You know, a lot of times we'll have wrestlers on and people, too, and we talk about, like, who's that one person that maybe got you into wrestling? You know, like, for me, it was my mom. And I remember I developed, like, even a closer relationship with my mom just through watching wrestling because, you know, nobody else, like, I didn't have that bond, you know? And then later on, you meet friends, and it's like, oh, shit, you like this, too. It's like a little fraternity, right? Did you have that one person that got you into wrestling? And did you develop some, like, you know, cool relationships because of pro wrestling, like, outside of pro wrestling, even? 
Yeah, like when I was a little kid, my nana got me into pro wrestling. She was like the only other real wrestling fan in my family. Like I remember being like a little like they she they would plot me, my brothers and my nana, like that's my brothers told me about this, would plot me in front of the TV with her and just watch wrestling while she watched wrestling. And she was the type of wrestling fan where like the whole block hurt her. <laughs> Rip his head off! Yeah. Rip his freaking head off! You know what I mean? Like, everybody knew my Nana was watching wrestling. She loved the Von Erichs. Like, she's oh, yeah. a big Von Erichs fan. She loved Carrie and Kevin. Like, Carrie was her favorite, I think, because, but, you know, Carrie was everyone's favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a handsome, he was a handsome dude. You know what I mean? Texas Tornado. Who wouldn't, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want the Texas Tornado? You know what I mean? <laughs> but she loved it. After she died, like, my brothers kind of, like, fell off of it. So I kind of, like, I ha I still loved it, but I didn't really, I didn't really have the interest in it because I started to grow older. And there wasn't really anybody that, like, had that, like, that love of wrestling like I did. Like, that's somebody I can walk up and be like, yo, bro, did you see last night's Raw? Yo, do you see what? Yo, you see Edge? That was crazy. You know what I mean? Like, no, I never had that. So, like, I met my boy Eddie when I got a little bit older. Like, I met my best friend, my brother, for the past, like, 13 years. And, like, he had all the games. He had all the titles. He had everything I didn't have. You know what I mean? Because I was a poor kid. We didn't have any of that. Like, so he had every single thing. I was like, bro. And, like, I, I, I fell back in love with wrestling and was, like, after that, like, I did a year backyard because I got so into it. Um, and then I got my boy Eddie. I freaking brought him into my backyard company. I almost broke my neck on a uh, code red that my boy almost gave me. <laughs> and after that, I was like, I want to get trained because I don't want to be that jamoke that, like, gets, you know what I mean, hurt. And they're like, yo, how happened? What happened? I'm like, oh, I was just, you know what I mean, doing swan time bombs in my boy in my my boy's grandma's backyard. Like, nah, bro, I want to be signed. Like, I, I know I'm a professional wrestler and I hurt my, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, that's how like that, it, it was like my, my boy Eddie is really like what got me back into wrestling. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, if I, if, if I never met my best friend, I probably never would be able to be like, all right, I want to do this. You know what I mean? Cause like at that point I was like stuck, like I was stuck in a brain of like, I have to be like a sports app. Like I have to be a football star or a baseball star or a basketball. I have to figure something out. You know what I mean? And then I found my route. Cause like, bro, getting like, when I get in that ring, like, I feel like I'm like, it's the only thing I was put on this earth to do. It's wild. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like, I'm glad that I finally found it and shit. I find you can see also like your passion and your dedication in your matches and even just watching the matches you've had this year, you could see like progress the whole time. Now you got, you must have trained wrestling, like gotten into wrestling training fairly young. What age were you when you first started training and who did you train with? I was 18 when I just started training. I remember like it was yesterday because I turned it that year and then I had to wait for February because for tax season to start training. I started in 2017. I started at the Bell Time Club in Wakefield, Massachusetts under Bo Douglas, the Dynasty, and Benny Jooks. Bo was trained by Killer Kowalski, so I have the Killer Kowalski lineage. Uh, Benny was trained by Tony Roy and Richard Burns. Tony Roy was trained by like Kowalski, so like I come from a little hole-in-the-wall school that's basically out of a hand and most of the like the top talent that's come through New England in the past decades. You know what I mean? So, like, I love it. Like, I love being from the Bell Time Club. I feel like if I went to any other school when I just started out, I would be a totally different wrestler and probably not where I'm at right now. Like, it was that perfect environment of, like, it was chaotic enough, but it wasn't chaotic enough. You know what I mean? Like, it was a club. It wasn't a wrestling school. And even Bo was like, this is... 
this is a club. I want everybody to be like, this is, this is a family. I don't want people to think like I'm your trainer and this is it. Like, no, it felt like a family. And like, I grew up in a giant family. So like, like, like bell time club, you had like Bo there teaching. Right. And then you had Benny in ring and he's like, Bo's the head, Benny's the assistant, but Benny's like really like doing a lot of the bumping and all that. And then you would have like Matt Ledge or like Danny Miles or one of the vets come through and then they would be, you know what I mean? They're teaching you while Bo's teaching something else. So it was like, there was a million and one variables, million and one things being thrown at you at once. And like, I grew up like that because I grew up in a two and a half bedroom apartment with seven people. So like having a million and one things going on at times it's like that's that's my environment so like i was able to succeed because of like the bell time club and everything so yeah that's where i started bro that's awesome now what's some of the best advice you've gotten along the way because you like you said earlier you're not afraid to hear people's suggestions advice who like what are some of the better advice you've gotten uh, i remember when i was like a like from the bell time club we have og masshole mike mccarthy like like i know matt like i like i'm no masshole because of wrestling but like he's an og og this man's like an og from the punk era og like him you know what i mean like him and his people like my cousin like my cousin went down there but it wasn't with his people he was just doing it separately but like we're fighting the nazis back in the day to mm. get rid of them out of the punk scene you know what i mean like in Boston, yeah. he like G checked me one day when I was like a kid, like when I was a when I was a trainee, because I was like really cocky. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean I couldn't help it. That's you know how you had to be, but like I was extremely cocky. And one day he went, dude, he was like, I freaking hate you. And he was like, you're so good, but you're such a piece of shit. And started rashing me out in front of everybody and like put me on like blast. And I just went like, no, I'm sorry, OG. You know what I mean? And I couldn't do I couldn't do anything else. There was nothing I could do at that point. Cause it was just like one of those moments where you're just like your mom rips into you and your friends are right there, like, God damn, mom, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think like, you know, him being like that is just like, bro, you're so good. Like why 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 are you such a piece of shit? You know what I mean? And like that always stuck with me, like I gotta be humble because like I realize when I get too cocky or too into it, like I feel like I don't know. I just start slipping. You know what I mean? It's like every Boston team in like sports. You know what I mean? Like we do get the first two quarters and three, four, we get lazy and oh, we lost it. You know what I mean? Like, so I kind of just got to stay humble and like stay on my craft. I think that's probably the best advice I've ever gotten because I probably would still be like a piece of crap right now. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like definitely thank you, Masshole, for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now you've worked a lot of places. Are there any promotions or any tournaments that you would like to work at that you haven't yet appeared? Prestige, WXW, Defiant. Yeah, there's like a couple that I want to like kind of get. I mean, right now it's kind of cool because like like I'm starting to like make my way through the U.S. Like I just got like you know West Coast booking. I'm going to LA next week in a couple weeks. Um, and one six I'm going back to San Fran for West Coast Pro. So like right now my focus on doing more like like European stuff. Like I'm a big fan of European wrestling. I've always for some reason like that style of wrestling and the way they set up matches. So like that's my next big thing is I want to go out there. Like I want to go to I want to go to like. I don't know, freaking anything, bro. Any like progress, anything. WXW. I want to go to Portugal to wrestle. I want to. I want to just kind of start like adding my. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm doing a lot here, and I'm doing a lot in the, like the like in the US, and it's great. But I also got to realize like I want to go other places. So like 
And the only way I can really get better as a wrestler is by going out there and facing people that are better than me or like going out there and facing different styles. Like I remember my trainer said that to me and I didn't really get it until I was on the road, but it's true. Like after a while, he can't teach me anything. I have to go on the road to learn different styles and different ways because everyone's got their own flavors of ice cream. And maybe in that aspect, my flavor of ice cream isn't the right flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, I think, yeah, that's crazy. I'm kind of curious. So the way to improve for you, obviously, it seems like you're doing as many bookings as you can. And like you said, you're trying to get booked into different territories, maybe different matches, different companies, so you can learn different things. And that's going to just make you better. Is there anything else you do besides that? Like, do you look at like old matches? Is there anything else you do to like try to? I mean, I watch, I watch my matches. I mean, I'm like, sometimes when matches come out, I watch it like I'm like stuck for like the next day watching it like every other 15 minutes. And it's not because I like watching myself wrestle. Mm -hmm. I really don't like watching myself on camera. It's just because like I'm so nitpicky about my wrestling that I want to see what I've done. Like, I want to be like, all right. And then I'll be like, how did that look? That little thing. And I, I remember that one little thing in that match. And I was like, I read that. I feel good. And then I look back and I'm like, oh. I was like, but this is really, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always yeah. studying my own tapes for some reason. That's helped me improve a lot because I feel like I'm just sitting there. And like, I'm a, I'm a stickler for like, I want the little things to look good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like now, because I've like progressed as a wrestler i've started worrying about more story and like moments than i did moves because moves is just bolt like it's bro it's just filler you know what i mean it's get it's get more out of less so like now i'm like all right like what could i have done in this moment it got like better so like i always am watching my matches or i'm always going up and looking up new like i always watch just like a crap ton of lucha underground like anytime i'm getting into something or i want to start doing something i kind of start leaning towards that style and i like study everything about that style because like my stuff is like i have a very unique style in wrestling but my style is legit like me doing moves and just figuring out ways that i do it uniquely that no one else can do you know what i mean so like it's 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 a lot (laughs) it's a lot sometimes i have to like i i i I, like a day i like have like an hour of wrestling i need to watch i don't watch i don't watch any of my stuff i just an hour watching i need to watch i'll watch like a crap ton it doesn't matter if it's world of sport all the way like i'll watch pancreas sometimes you know what i mean like it's 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 just like whatever's on the wheel like and i I think that's it like i'm just like i'm such a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and like this is the one thing that i actually care about or i felt like i've actually had the opportunity like my brother was the football star you know what I mean? My other brother was the mechanic. My other brother's an electrician. My sister's going to college. There's so many other things that, like, I just couldn't find. You know what I mean? And, like, now I have it. Wow. I can go all in on this. And, like, and there's so many ways to just upgrade yourself in wrestling. You don't even realize it. Like, you're first starting out. You're worried about putting a match together. But the minute you get a match together, you're like, oh, crap. Okay, how can I put character right here? You know what I mean? Or man, damn, yo, that spot sucked, bro. Why did I even think about that? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. I mean, I just like, even my promos, I watch my promos over and over and over again because I like little facials and details and I want to see what I did that I I didn't like plan to do because most of the time now I don't plan to do stuff because that's how you just get natural reaction. So I want to see, all right, let me see that natural reaction so maybe I can plan it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I think I think that's it. It's just been the hustle, the grind, and like me just trying to get every aspect of my wrestling down. Cause like it's hard, and like I've been struggling for six years because like I'm not from a I'm not from name school, and I don't have a name trainer. And my 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 upbringing right now is a lot like a lot different than anyone else that's been on the indies right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm going the way that they used to do it in wrestling. The first year and a half of my career, I was on the road with big time wrestling as a greenie helping out, knowing I wasn't going to get out shows, but being there because that's what I had to do. I had to pay my dues and that's how they did it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't known in my territory for a year and a half until I popped through and worked at Lim- like worked at Let's Russell. Yeah, like and like I feel like that's helped me too. Like I like I changed like and I'm not even being like a piece of crap, but like I changed the New England territory. For a time you had to you had to know one person to get booked on all the big shows. And if that one person didn't know you, you weren't getting booked. I was the first person that got booked on both major shows beyond a limitless that this person never even met. You know what I mean? I was a kid from a school that everyone stole their stuff from. Like, bro, it's wild, bro. It's wild. I don't know. It's, yeah, like when I was like, going to introduce you, I was almost going to introduce you as like an overnight success because to me, it's like you came out of nowhere. And when I started seeing you, you were in like big spots. Like you were the memorable part of the show. Yeah. But I know with anybody that's looked at as an overnight success, there's five years of grinding. There's 10 years of grinding before that, that nobody knows about. So I didn't want to start off with like that, but it definitely sounds like, you know, you got hot quick and it's just, how can I keep this ball moving forward? Well, yeah. Cause like once you grab that lightning, bro, you never want to let go. Cause like somebody else is going to grab that lightning. You know what I mean? Like, I, like it's it's like you can't like my parents like everyone like I was at the house they'd be like yo you're wrestling too much you, you, I'm I'm telling you I'm telling you like they would get the deep voice on like they were intimidated you need to take a day off no more show this day I went nah mom going to the show walked right out the door you know what I mean like because like I like it's just like it, it's like I I worked for freaking five years like I wasn't known in my territory for legit like two years and then I like the pandemic happened. And and I thought I was like lost because I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Like I was trying to make myself pop off before the pandemic, but it wasn't really going on because I was just starting to hit traction. And like the pandemic happened, I was like, damn, bro, what am I going to do? I may not even have wrestling anymore. To be honest, if it wasn't for the road and like limitless, like, I don't know what would I, you know what I mean? Like where I would have been. Cause I feel like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have progressed the way I would, you know what I mean? Like, like. I, I learned so much even from facing AC from the road. You know what I mean? I was having matches that I'd never had against the person before. You know what I mean? And the way they were structured, like, it was like TV matches. I never had TV matches. I had, like, local indie matches. And, like, it was legit, like, two years of work grinding at Let's... Like, it was a year grinding at Let's Wrestle. It was, you know what I mean? A whole, like, two years grinding plus the pandemic to even get, like, to get into Limus and be, like, a main guy that, like, is there every day and people know and people want to see. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, I was still one of the new new guys from Let's Wrestle. So there was a million other people that were getting spots on shows that I could have got my opportunity. So, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. I'm happy. You know, it's wild. Like, when I first, like, like I said, like, I was trying to make myself pop off. But I realized that, like, I just can't do that. Like, I stopped. I was like, I stopped making, trying to make myself pop off. And all of a sudden, I popped off. But that's just how it happens sometimes. You can't really, like, force it. 
everyone's road's different at the end of the day. Like this was the moment that I was meant to pop off at. Some people pop off later. Some people, you know what I mean? It's like when people get signed. Some people get signed in a year. Some people get signed in 10 years. At the end of the day, you're going to get signed. But just because you didn't get signed a year doesn't mean you're not worth it. You know what I mean? It just means you got to grind a little bit more and build yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah, bro, that's, it's, 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 it's wild, bro. I wouldn't expect like, like, I know I'm rambling, but I'm not really rambling because, like, I'm just, like, I'm kind of shocked of, like, how far I've done it in wrestling. Because, like, when I first started, like, my parents were told, like, he may not do anything. None of these none of these guys make anything. Because at that point, no one at my school has ever put on or did anything. You know what I mean? They, they started to get out, and then they were on shinies for the rest of their career. I was the kid that everyone looked up to make fun of their match, even though I was a green kid and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I'm sorry for swearing, but I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. Like, and now I'm like, bro, I'm top of the territory. I'm the top dog. I was the person that you guys said I would never be. I had a WWE tryout at five years. You know what I mean? People like go for 10 years without even having that. So like now I'm just like, wow, bro, like I really did it and I'm really doing it right. And it's just like crazy. You know what I mean? Because all them people that like I had people coming up to me, bro, that like were talking crap about me. I never even knew they talked crap about me. They just walked up like, hey, bro, I'm just not going to lie. Like, I used to pull up your matches and make fun of you. And I'm just like, oh, thanks, bro. I, <laughs> I never knew you did it, so okay. Thanks, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Wild. You know, I just want to say, Joe, before you finish, hearing you go on about this stuff, actually, it reminds me of, there was a quote from uh, Conor McGregor on his way up, and he said, I'm not better at this than anybody. I'm just more obsessed with this than anybody. I, you know? I sit here, like, I'll legit be in the middle of a conversation and start thinking of a spot. And you can ask any wrestler that's been in the locker room with me. I will legit stop there and just start doing this. Or, like, you'll see my hands moving. And I'm just thinking in my head, all right, I need to do this. And, like, I just start thinking of stuff. What can I do? What can I do? Like, I'm really, like, this is the only thing I care about. So when I get in wrestling mode, I'm in wrestling mode. Like, you can ask anybody else. I'm always, like, I'm always wrestling with people. I'm always walking up and chopping and hitting forearms and trying to pick you up and do arm bars and everyone. <laughs> like out, 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 bro! Come on, come on, come on! And I'm always doing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but if I don't hit you, I don't love you. Like that's just the way I show love is by just like you know what I mean? Like hitting and moving and chaining and stuff like that. Like in a good way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. But bro, now you've just... been you've been very gracious with your time today. What are some of your goals for 2023? And then promote what you'd like to promote. My goals for 2023 is to get signed. I love indie wrestling, but I didn't get into wrestling to be an indie wrestler. I grew up on TV wrestling. I want to be signed. I want to be everywhere. That's, I mean, that's my end all be all dream. I think that's a lot of people's dream, but like, that's my dream. Like, I love the indies. I want to be here as long as that they, you know, the indies will have me and then I can be signed. But I, yeah, I want to go, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I'm, thankful for everything but i want to be signed you know what i mean i want to be making bread this is this is this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so that's it also i want to go to europe i feel like this year i really got a lot of my goals that's the one thing i want i want to go to europe i want to wrestle in portugal i want to go over there maybe spend a tour like for like a month or two figure it out and where people can find me it's easy the prize city og twitter and instagram is the same handle also I think I think you can get me on Facebook at the prize Alec Price. Also, I got my Facebook page. I may or may not accept you for my account, but you can go on my page. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm quick. I'm I'm a good looker. I got a face only a mother can love, but I'm telling you right now, I'm the best wrestler you'll see, the best wrestler you'll ever see, the best, best, best OG. So come through, come see me. Oh, 
Also, Pro Wrestling Tees. I forgot I got a Pro Wrestling Tees store. Go to my Pro Wrestling Tees store. Buy some merch. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. I couldn't I have said it. it better myself. Thank you again for joining. Thank you Thank for having you. me. We are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 2 written by Vinny Berry, available at WrestleVille.com. All the following books are available on Amazon, and I'm going to keep this brief because I'm nervous, and we easily have biggest guests we have ever brought in. But on Amazon, you've got Pas de Deux, written by Kevin Kelton. All That's Left, written by Ward Anderson. Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real-life story of wrestling's original chic, written by Brian R. Solomon. How Not to Suck at Comedy by Pat Oates. Matt Memories by Greg Oliver and John Arezzi. Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy written by Vance Nevada. If you're an artist in or near Connecticut and are looking for studio time, check out the great people over at Connecticut People Records. And if you're on YouTube and you're watching something besides us or post-wrestling, which I find hard to believe, check out the great Florida indie wrestling of New Heights Wrestling. And you've heard me do that intro thousands of times. And I have screwed that up because today... I am lucky enough to bring you one of the hosts of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. He also has Andrew Thompson interviews on YouTube, the great Andrew Thompson. And I also have one half of Post Wrestling. He's a podcaster, writer, producer, father. And now he can add the illustrious title of guest on the Working Fans Podcast. Please welcome Andrew Thompson, waiting. The man they call Dave. That went smooth. <laughs> How is everybody doing today? Thank you so much, guy, uh, Joe, for for that uh, amazing intro. I thought you did fantastic. I certainly couldn't have done it better myself. It was a lot to juggle at once, and I'm so incredibly humbled and honored to be on the Working Fans Podcast. Oh man, thank you, Andrew. Thank you too, man. Both of you guys. I, I say I, I can say the exact same thing. Do you see that intro? Like what? Like that? That was amazing. I was talking about like, just the production and everything. That was great. That was a great intro, yeah. man. And I'm a Yes, a long way to take. I'm, I'm very honored to be here on the Working Fans Podcast, man. That was a great, very great way to start the show out. Thank you very much. Yeah, we got beat up on our old intro because it was about this time last year. We're like, oh, yeah. we're going to get professional. We're going to film an intro. And mm-hmm. I have been eating shit on that intro for well <laughs> over a year. Like, one before, yeah. Things were like, my knee bumped the camera and it shook it. So, and I kept it in there. And one guy's like, we all look like we're homeless. And I was like, <laughs> You knew what we were doing when we showed up, but we had to step yeah. it up. A couple other members of our team, yeah, they were not, they were happy. <laughs> I give you credit. You could pre-record that thing and just hit play, but you choose to do it live, and that that I think is always better than you know pre-taping something. Oh, I love the energy. Thank you. There was definitely a time where I definitely pre-taped it because being so new to it, I was nervous doing it every time, and then with so many things to remember, you're like. Ooh, I hope this goes smoothly. But guys, jumping into the interview here, how did you guys originally get into broadcasting? And have you always wanted to do it? For me, I I got into broadcasting because um, I went to school for it. And, and really, I did not get into it to be on air ever. I got into it because I really enjoyed editing. And when it came time to like, you know, choose a profession when you're what, like 17, 18, it's a very daunting task, you know, having to choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. I happen to have this communications technology class that was just like, you know, in Canada, it, it, we offered this little program that just like, you know, showed you how to work with computers. We did a bit of stop motion, did a bit of like, you know, shooting on a handy cam and then editing the footage. And I found that it was like something I would 
was happy to do for hours and hours. And if I was going to choose something that I wanted to do for a lot, like, you know, eight hours out of my day for like, you know, the next several years of my life, I probably, you know, thought it was a good idea to pick something that I wouldn't make me crazy. And so uh, video editing was that. And then I went to school for it, uh, ultimately at Ryerson University, sorry, uh, the Toronto Metro Metropolitan University, um, uh, their radio and television arts program. And I just kind of got my way into the industry that way. Got into this place at the called the Flight Network uh, through an internship. I was one of the first interns, one of the first interns there. That ultimately became a paid position, started to do a whole lot more. Eventually started doing podcasting with a guy named John Pollock. And uh, mm-hmm. however many years later, here we are. What a story. That's the story right there. But uh, <laughs> I, say, I say for me, I, I think I started getting into like the rest of the media space. I, I want to say this was 2017 because I was in community college at the time. And I, I always wanted to cover wrestling. Because I, I, I had started seeing like the wrestling news sites around that time and like all these like different articles and stuff like that. And I always, I always wonder like how could I like get into this space? And then uh, I reached out to this guy who had this site called, I think it was eWrestling.news. And he gave me the opportunity to write like feature stories. And I still got the, um this article I wrote, it was a 2017 Royal Rumbles, Royal Rumble prediction article where I had these like, I was fantasy booking like the entire pay-per-view and I swore my ideas was probably like the greatest thing ever. And it was, I, I promise you it was trash. Like I, 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 this thing would never get shared out again. It was so bad, like how, how bad the ideas were. And then, um, yeah, I, I slowly got into news writing after that. And I always say this is a guy named Andy and he, he let me sort of, it was on the, the wrestling site, E-Wrestling News, and he sort of just let me find my way in terms of news writing. And I don't think that I would be where I am today if he didn't let me sort of have my fails and, you know, my shortcomings on, on the site. He sort of just let me do my own thing and and, and and let me mess up when I messed up and then, let you know, get, gave me my problems. And, you know, he sort of, sort of laid out that blueprint for me. And I think that sort of led me to where I am today. So, yeah. And here we are now. Awesome. <laughs> Now, how do you prep for an interview? Do you put a lot of work into it or is it just most of the time are you getting people that you're fairly familiar with and it's just a natural process? I, I, for, for me, I, I, I do do a, 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 I say a good amount of research. I try to because a, a lot of times when when I see some of the people that I interview, like they they have done not not a lot of interviews, but I would say a, I say I say a good deal and I try to make sure that I avoid a lot of stuff that they've been asked because it's already out there in the news cycle. So I don't want to just be repeating information or if, or if I have to, I'll try to phrase it in a different way to where I can maybe get a different answer. And yeah, that, that's, that's primarily my strategy. And I, and I, I, I typically try to go for people that haven't been interviewed a lot or, or they haven't given like these um in-depth answers to where I can maybe pull some out of them that haven't been pulled out before. So that's kind of my strategy when it comes to uh interview i'm i'm writing down notes because um i i I learned from andrew honestly um i don't do too many interviews honestly on the site it's not something we've we've like you know done too much um in this incarnation of post wrestling but like the times i've had to do it obviously um it's 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 you want to do a you know a a good level of research so that you don't sound like you're you know going to embarrass yourself you know right before you you do it so um i get nervous doing them you know like i i admire like andrew certainly and and you guys you know, every time you're talking to somebody f- uh, unfamiliar that you haven't spoken to on on a live broadcast, um, it's 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 certainly daunting. And and as with all things, I imagine the more experience you have, the the less maybe nervous you get. Oh, 100 percent. Like yeah, I, when I, we I was, used to interview. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no. I, I was oh. going to add. Like I, I I know a lot of people. Like they always have this thing. Like where you have to interview like a certain way. I feel like whatever works for you 
is the best way that and, and in the way that you should go. Like, I don't think there's like no set formula. Like you need like I, I always see like the common thing would be like, oh, well, you know, they always ask like with training school and stuff like that. Like for some people, that's what works in terms of building up to the questions that they want to ask. So if you feel like that's the way that you need to go, then go that way. I don't think there's like a set way that you need to interview or how you should interview. Like you should just do whatever works for you the way that makes you feel comfortable overall. Definitely. Now I used to get like real nervous about interviews because you know, you're talking to someone and you want to put out a good product and ask Dave, like I will over research. And then mm. as we're interviewing, I'll cut questions as I go. Cause I'd rather be more prepared mm. than not. And like mm. when Dave and I do an interview, if I'm more familiar with the guest, I let Dave kind of ask the questions that people that don't know the guest would ask. And then I try and ask maybe the more familiar kind of like more in-depth questions. So mm. it gets, you know, layers to the interview, but Dave. I do the uh, for dummies one. Yeah, I got you the, like the basic. You I, know? More often than not, I have I have that that you know uh, Dave's role. Like when John talks about something like you know that is completely out of my depth, like t- you know ratings analysis. I'm like, right. what does this mean? <laughs> like you know, we're like, oh okay, it went up and went down. Like what, what what exactly does it mean? So I think that's helpful, you know, because there are people listening that might be tuning in from different perspectives. And I think even if you know something really well, having to explain it to somebody else creates great conversation. I'll tell you, like, just real quick, this is, you know, you want to give people good advice. We do a uh, a combat cast, me and another member on the show, Chevy, and we had somebody, first time they ever did this, they uh, asked the uh, other night, we were doing it live, who should I bet on this weekend? I'm like, I don't want that responsibility, <laughs> you know? It's like, we ended up telling him, like, well, I would maybe go with this as the most sure thing, but do what you want. It's your money. Always risky. Yeah. Yeah, now. <laughs> As podcasters, I want to know, because Andrew, when we met live at the post the post fifth anniversary event, if you weren't mm-hmm. there, you totally missed out. But we bonded over the difficulty of getting interviews in sometimes or <laughs> how that can be a dicey situation. So how do you handle disappointments and setbacks when they come? Because there's been times where we thought we've had a guest and then we don't. And it's like... Yeah. You know, how do you handle that? Uh, Like it, when it, if there has been situations or when there have been situations where like somebody had to cancel or there was, you know, may, maybe just didn't work out or, or sometimes you just get ghosted. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's just what it is. Like I, I don't really like put too much uh, thought into it. Like it's just like I, I just chalk it up to little life happens. And sometimes it can be something as simple as maybe the wrestler just doesn't want to do the interview. So, I mean, like I can't force them to do it. So it's just. You know, I just kind of chalk it up to that in, in terms of like what we was talking about, like, you know, dealing with dealing with the middle person that has to <laughs> negotiate these interviews. And that sometimes that can either go good or can go bad, depending on who you're dealing with. Wink, wink. They got y'all know, <laughs> yeah. y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, I, I, I just kind of uh, chalk it up yeah, to just to that day. Either it can just be a miscommunication or you know, the wrestler just doesn't want to do it or, you know, life happens. You know, you just kind of move on to the next one and, you know, just try to keep or just try to find content elsewhere in, in within that same space. And way, how do you handle disappointments for you? It's not so much interviews, but like when stuff comes up with post wrestling, how do you guys handle those setbacks and how do you kind of move forward? Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to interpret like what a disappointment um, might be in, in our case. Um, I, 
I feel like, you know, because we're a business, we're a full-time business that runs off of like, you know, uh, subscriptions, Patreon, I suppose like disappointments would be like, you know, oh, if, if like our numbers went down this month or like if, you know, like mm, a campaign to like try to push for subscribers wasn't as successful as, as it was. There are always going to be setbacks, especially when you're trying to run your own business and, and try to keep the whole thing afloat. What do we do? We just kind of push forward and reassess and look at what's what's not working and try to you know, not take things as seriously as like keeping in mind that this is a long term thing that we intend on doing. We want to do this until we're, you know, we want to retire mm -hmm. on this. Honestly, we want to work until we're like year 70. You know, Andrew Thompson, you know, uh, is taking over the, the wrestling world. So <laughs> we we want to like like keeping in mind the long game uh, will really kind of help you mitigate perhaps whatever small disappointment you might have today. If an interview doesn't pop up today, well, so what, you know? A year from now, is it even going to be a part of your memory? Ten years from now, will you even think back to it at all? Like keep keep keeping focused on the big picture, I think helps. Nice. Now it's important to really like build a fan base and connect with them. How do you how do you guys do that, or what's your approach to that at post wrestling way and with you two also? Hmm. Approach to building a fan base. I mean, I, I I like to think that it's just trying to maintain like a high quality of work, you know, being consistent, I think is incredibly important. And congratulations on, to you guys for, you know, reaching a, a hundred plus episodes, you know, almost 200 at this point that that to me is the most important thing when it comes to doing this sort of thing, being there for your audience when they expect. And I think like being honest, you know, especially if you're trying to review and give your opinions about certain things, your audience can tell. When you're bullshitting, your audience can tell when you're, I don't know, when you have other interests or if you're hiding your, your, your words or thoughts. I, I think it's always important to just like speak your mind as much as you can, you know, and and part of that is about staying informed and, and trying to, you know, make your opinion as, uh, I don't know, eh, good or <laughs> for lack of a better word as, as possible. I, I say for me, like, I, I don't really think I have like a, a fan base per se, like, but I, I think I have. Uh, oh, you do, Andrew. I, 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 I have people. Like like Way and John and abundance of people over there posing and and a you know a bunch of other people who who support the work that I do and I think is like I I can speak to it in terms of my written work I just think I just try to the, the written work that I do at post I just try to stay consistent with that and try to be as extensive as possible as, as like much as like as possible as I can and I think that people have come to expect that from me so I just try to keep that up tempo as possible and just try to do the best that I can in that regard so. I, I don't like uh most more, more so than anything it, the the biggest thing is like me not disappointing myself because I put more pressure on myself than I would say than anybody else ever could. So we we are in. Let me just kind of take the space to say like we're we're so incredibly lucky that we have Andrew Thompson as part of our our team because um, he, he manages to honestly he's made a name kind of for himself for like finding the most obscure things that are in the in the in the far corners of the internet. <laughs> Um, and he's able to like, you know, very thoroughly listen to these podcasts or interviews or watch these interviews. And he'll he'll be able to find like the most interesting nugget of information that he'll then like spread through our source. And that in turn, you know, puts it out into the further wrestling world. It's 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 always amazing to me the amount of uh, how thorough he is and, and how much he finds that I would otherwise never be able to. 100 percent. Now, him and Nate oh, Milton man. are two of the voices on post wrestling. <laughs> Besides yourself and John that have stood out, yeah, like Nate. there's so many great people on the staff, but like Andrew and Nate, just with Andrew with his thoroughness and sense of humor and Nate just 
I think he's hilarious, but also like a great host. <laughs> and like, those are like not miss episodes. So I hear what you're saying. And consistency really is the thing. Like when Dave asked me to come on and help with this at first, one of the first things I did was how can we make this sustainable? I don't want to put out something mm -hmm. that's going to have five episodes and end somewhere on the internet. It, and even sure. I talk all the time about authenticity. Like, yes, we have a co-host who we love dearly, but he love he's a former wrestler, so he loves to be the worker. And there's yeah. times mm. where it's like, it. what you think? <laughs> like, I'll be editing at night and I'll just send Dave a message. Like, why can't he just be real for a minute like <laughs> me and dave almost it feels like we're too real at times but it goes back to like like kind of what andrew was talking about when you get into the interview for the wrestlers like everybody's just got their own thing going on these are real people and sometimes you get ghosted and it's like man <laughs> he did not want to do it he could have forgot or some people have legitimate self-esteem issues where they don't like this particular format and stuff and i try to look at it and just go you know what whatever's going on it didn't work out and like to weigh saying big picture, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. It's fine. If he wants to do it down the road or she, that's fine, but I'm not going to worry about it. And there's no reason to hold on grudges that gets you nowhere anyway. You know, <laughs> I would say, I, I I just wanted to add this real quick. Cause I, I can't, I can't let way sit here and say all these nice things without, without, without giving it back to him. Like I, if, if it wasn't for him and John giving me the platform to do what I do, then, you know, I don't think that I would have this, uh, sort of expectation as far as my written work goes. And they they sort of allow me to just really do my thing. There's never been a point throughout the past, Jesus, two years, almost three years now at post that like they've ever been like, hey, what you to do way, we need you to like, you know, they 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 give points like very thorough and, and stuff that can help me along the way. But it's never been a thing of like, I want we want you to be this. Like and it's always just been look, you do your thing. And we'll tweak it here and there when we need to. And, you know, we can just sort of go from there. And it's been absolutely great so far. And I, I just, like, thought of it in my head. I joined Post in August 2019. And it's I can't believe 2023 is, like, right around the corner. It's, like, kind of ridiculous how quickly time goes by and you don't even realize until you, like, start talking about it in a sense. Like, and not to, like, I know eventually Joe wants to move on, I think. But, like, like you guys talk about the authenticity part, too. You know, that being real, me and Joe, we were trying something one point. He'll know what I'm talking about. It was a video game podcast he was doing. He had someone fall out. He asked me to do it. I'm like, I am not a gamer. This is not my thing. We did. <laughs> I was like, Joe, this is a wrap. Like, this ain't going to work. You know, we'll just tell the fans like, hey, we're sorry. We did our best, you know, because to me, it's like, don't bullshit anybody because they're going to see through it. And you're going to have some you win, sometimes you lose, but just, just keep plugging away. <laughs> Even if it doesn't work, though, you just like be telling the audience, honestly, hey, this isn't working like that. <laughs> that that can that might be something that could be entertaining sometimes as well. Right. Working fans, gamer cast episode one was definitely that I had it originally planned with somebody that fell through. So I was <laughs> lucky to get a local rapper who's also a gamer and very into it. And that made a very interesting first half. I didn't have anybody for the second half. I brought Dave in and the third act of that play really went downhill quick, but that's what we'll we keep do. our dates. We're going to keep our bookings. <laughs> yeah. You, you throw stuff at the wall and you see what sticks. Now I want to kind of move on quickly here because I told way we wouldn't keep you guys overly oh, yeah. long on the interview, but I want to know what do you guys watch and listen to when you're not trying to necessarily be deep in that work because like i find sometimes even when i'm not watching wrestling i'm just watching a different wrestling to relax so what do you watch mm -hmm. and then after that 
what's a favorite album of yours that you put on to you know relax to? Okay, uh, so you're looking for wrestling recommendations or non wrestling? Because what you um non wrestling like what you try and watch when you're trying to relax? Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> my answer is going to be totally weird. <laughs> I watch reviews of lego set <laughs> as you can tell from the background I'm, I'm like you know that's like sort of my escape you know from from it like because i, I focus on wrestling so much during my working day like i i tr- tend to not do it as as much you know when i'm off so how i like to just kind of take my mind off is just i like to hit, listen to like people on youtube talk about what they think about like this particular lego set whether or not it's like you know good value whether or not the design techniques are good you know like how collectible it is it's like it's the nerdiest thing i somebody can possibly it drives my wife crazy every time <laughs> like you know i put put one of these on but that's how i tend to relax and, and uh and an album like these days i'm on spotify i'm just clicking on like the radio so like if i have a song in my head i'll like you know like hit the three three dots and then like i'll just like play like a playlist that's similar inspired by the song but like i mean i've been on a real huge beatles kick over the past year so like i'm kind of cycling through like all the albums in fact i'm doing like i'm playing for my son who's like four months old these sort of like lullaby versions of like these beatles classics the melodies are always like so strong that like they translate into really sort of any medium or any 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 style say oh man I, i would say for me like outside of wrestling Cause I, like it is, I, I feel like I am, but it's, it's not a negative thing, but I, I feel like during the week, I'm like very, very consumed by wrestling. Like a lot from the news writing to like even chopping up clips on the interviews and stuff like that. And, you know, watching different stuff to try to keep up and like how Way said, you know, try to be, just try to keep yourself informed as possible about what's going on, like in different pockets of the, of the industry and stuff. But like outside of wrestling, I like watching Chop, the cooking show. I, I, I love watching that show it, it, and, it's, and it's funny because I, I don't do like a lot of cooking but I, I, I love watching that show like seeing like what everybody like um, I like MTV challenge that's one of shows and there's another show that I just discovered called The Center it's on Netflix and it's like this like true crime type show it's, it's, it's real cool I highly recommend it that people watch that and the album Let's say like one of my favorite albums. I, I'm gonna just say some reason because if I if I get to thinking, I'm gonna just I'm gonna be sitting there for like ten minutes trying to debate what I want to say. But I, I listen to this rapper named G Herbo, and he has this album out called Survivors Remorse, and it's like one of probably one of my favorite projects that he's put out. And I've been listening to him since I was like 15 or 16 years old. So yeah, and I think we the same age. So like it's been cool to see like the growth in his music and like seeing the progression of him as an artist from you know talking about what we were talking about like back then and then like him becoming a father and then like seeing how his music changed and his tone changed and like setting different examples for his kids and so it's it's cool to see that progression in an artist it's individual that i i wouldn't know from a stranger in the street but it's uh it's that's probably one of my favorite projects uh to listen to right now nice and dave i don't think i've ever asked you are you a music guy like do you get into mm. music because I know you yeah. appreciate it. Do you have like a favorite album? I'm going to guess not. not. Maybe not an album, no. But uh, it's kind of funny. Lately, because uh, my other thing that I've been using to unwind is actually I've been watching like more. I was big into MCU for the last few years. I've actually been starting to get into mm. a few DC things because I hadn't really. And I still just a few old school DC movies watching. And I'm finding, this is such a nerd thing, the soundtrack to some of these songs I really like. So I'll start playing them and just listen to them and unwind. And then like, but then even old school music, like, it, it, but it starts off usually with there's something else I'm interested in. Like there was a new trailer for the Ant-Man movie and they're playing the famous Elton John song, you know, the Yellow Brick Road. I'm like, oh, that's a great song. I mean, so now I'm on that kick. Like I'll start listening to that. So 
Yeah, my music tends to relate to like movies, wrestling, and whatever else. <laughs> wow. Like, I mean, with a, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm a big music guy. So for me, like an all time favorite album, if I'm just putting on to relax, is Pieces of a Man by Gil Scott Heron. And if it's going to be a newer album, it's right now, it's either Apathy when the river meets the sea because he lost his dad recently and it popped up a lot in his music. And mm. since that had been something I was going through, like, his last couple albums just like really stuck with me for that. So that's been on play. And then obviously I waited for years for the new black star to come out. And I've really been, you know, trying to get into it. Cause when you wait so long for an album, I feel like you build up the group in your mind and I'm, you know, I'm still letting it become, you know, ingrained into what I listen to. But what were you going to say, Way? I was going to say, like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm, I'm not listening to the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not yeah. watching like, you know, much music anymore. Like, so like, how else would you really discover new songs other than through other things like a, like a movie trailer or like, I don't know, a video game or a, or a soundtrack or I don't know what. You know, or like a Spotify sort of like, you know, playlist that that randomly suggests something to you. There's just like no real other platform, or at least it's different. So, you know, finding a new song through a trailer, I think, is perfectly normal. these days. Yeah. yeah, that's an amazing way. Now, guys, we're getting into the main event here. The 531 is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then we debate that top three down to a winner. Since you guys are our guests today... I was going to ask if you wouldn't mind going first. Okay. Ooh. When you say like top five. So from what I understand, this was top five favorite moments. Or right? biggest moments. I mean, some people. Yeah, biggest right. moments yeah. of this year. I kind of went like with the personal favorite route. Like like yeah. what, what got me most excited about pro wrestling. I'm going to say when I'm, and I'm very specific about some of these moments, but like um, my fifth favorite moment was anarchy in the arena. And <laughs> specifically that moment when Eddie Kingston came out of, <laughs> the stage blood soaked straight out of a horror movie with a gas can in his hand that was just like a lasting visual from that um i I won't soon forget and and in particular because it's eddie king because the guy plays sort of like serious you know i'm gonna kill you so well seeing him in that like you believe that he's gonna set to set a man on fire (laughs) when he's walking out blood soaked with, with a gas can so that was my number five my number four was you know um the entire bray wyatt q uh white rabbit teases I don't know if you can really kind of pick, you know, one from from uh, the whole thing, but like just the whole idea of like being able to see something for like a split frame on TV and then having to go online and being able to spend like 30 minutes to an hour trying to investigate all these little clues, doing it with like, you know, all of the Internet. Hey, what did you find here? Oh, this person found this. This person looked up the HTML and found this. Like it, it was a lot of fun for me. So I don't know if that was one particular moment, but that would that was a. Well, my choice is the White Rabbit stuff. Number three for me was SummerSlam, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and the tractor <laughs> that came out from Brock Lesnar, uh, lifting the ring, flipping it over in half. Incredible production that really the WWE is only capable of. And that to me is like the WWE at its best when it's able to flaunt its money to do spectacular things like that. Um, number two for me was the big Usi promo from Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, mm-hmm. the one Uso and Roman Reigns both crack at the crowd chanting Uso. To me, that was the one where, like, it was already a really hot program, but I think that was the moment where the crowd and everybody publicly started to, like, really understand how special 
and how fun these segments were, not just for the people watching, but for the people doing and participating and performing uh, in those in those bits too. So the Uzi promo is my number two. My number one moment was Hell in a Cell, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, and seeing Cody Rhodes unveil that uh, blood bloody you know swole, swollen up peck and having the match that he did with Seth Rollins afterwards. That was perhaps my favorite moment of the year. That's a great list right there, man. I don't know how to that's a that is a great list. When, when I'm thinking about some of the top five best moments of the year. I, I had like went down and like just wrote down like a bunch of things like that, like that I was like amped about this year. And I, I don't know how, how I was able to like narrow it down to five. So I'm gonna just pick like five random ones off the list and I, and, and I hope I'm okay with it after. Cause I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna overthink it later. I'd be like, I should have put this on there. But like, <laughs> of course I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one of the, I, 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 don't, I don't know like where this would rank. So I'm gonna just say five of them, but I would say Cody debuting at WrestleMania and, and more, it, it was more so that, of course, of the, the moment of it, but I, I was there in person. So, like, the, the <laughs> see, like, how after everybody was. And, like, when, when I say when, when the lights was out and then when, when, I, when everybody heard that, you know, it's one royal wrestling. When I say it was jumping in there, like, as soon as everybody heard, like, it was crazy. Like, they, like people, like, they... It, it, it can sound, um like, dramatic when people say, like, oh, you know, the energy and the build. Bro, it was real. Like, cause people, people knew and they, they, and they got it when he popped up. So that was, uh, and, and, and then props to him for having the, I, I can only imagine, you know, wanting to, uh, have a, had this big grandiose moment and then slowly realize that, Hey, you got to go out there and you got to wrestle too. Like, you can't just get the moment. Like you got to go out there and follow up and have a, a good match too. So yeah, shout, shout out to Cody on that. I'm going to say the next one is when Shibata popped up at Forbidden Door. Cause that was like so random. And like I don't think nobody was expecting that, and he got a great reaction when people heard the rift in his theme music, and then him doing the thing with Orange Cassidy, and then Orange Cassidy got, then they got the match. What was that a month ago on Rampage when they wrestled? So yeah, I, I'm gonna say uh, Shibata popping up for Ben Door. The next one is when Bray Wyatt showed up at Extreme Rules. That was one of probably one of the most insane reactions that I've ever heard, and like the whole build to it, and you know showing the different members of the Firefly Funhouse and. All that stuff. Like I, I know a lot of people not too, too big on Bray Wyatt in terms of his in-ring work, but just for me personally, I, I've never been interested in Bray as a wrestler. I've always been interested in him as a character and like what he adds to that overall presentation of his, you know, of the Bray Wyatt entity. I, I guess I've always been interested in that, and I think he like thrives in that uh, better than a lot of people do. I'm gonna say my next one was getting to see Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle. That, that, that was that was real cool to see him come back and you know I, I big props to Kevin Owens for having to you know essentially carry that the whole way because Austin wasn't on TV the entire time so Kevin Owens had to essentially carry that solo and then I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna pick another one I, I was going to throw in the, the the Bianca WrestleMania win because like I on, on the reason I say that is because it was it's it's been real cool to see a black woman in her position be presented as like the marquee talent like she is the face like of that women's division. And it's real cool to see, like, again, like a black woman be in that position and be thriving. And like, she's like the the big dog, like, for, for lack of better terms. And like, she's like, I see a lot of people making like the, not not in terms of like uh, uh, equity within WWE, but more so of the presentation and how they're being booked. Like I've seen the seen like the John Cena comparisons, like they, in terms of like her in the women's division. And you know, it's, hard, it's hard to debate that. So I'm, I'm going to say that one, but I, just a, just to do like a, a 5A slash 5B, I'm going to say another one of my favorite moments was when John Moxley came back on that Dynamite after he came out of rehab and he gave that promo. Yeah. Like, and he just, you know what I'm saying? He was, he was like, he, he looked 
so much different from when he did when he left. Like he looked healthy. He was looking lean. You know what I'm saying? He came out and he spoke from the heart and, you know, he got a, a great reaction. So I would say those like my some of my favorite moments out of the, you know, the, the many great things that have happened in wrestling this year. So nice. sometimes we want to comment on certain things that someone might say too. I just want to piggyback a little bit off that Bianca thing you said. There's a few moments when uh, this happened after her Royal Rumble win. This might have been a year past. But when they let her just generally be her and she speaks and she's thinking like, I just want to thank my parents. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it comes out so natural and heartfelt, like when she's able to be like her real self sometimes too. And I just think that's it. Like that's a special talent. That's a connection. Like, I don't know this person, but suddenly I feel like I'm like, okay, wow. I want to mm-hmm. see you do good, you know? And yeah. um, I didn't know she gets enough credit for that. So I was kind of glad. Said. Nice. Now, Dave, are you ready to trade off list here? Cause we have a few lists, including right. our own. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Here, I'll give you a second to get ready, and I'll give you my list real quick. I've got MJF winning the title. I yep. think even though – so to let you guys know, we traveled to New Jersey from Connecticut, mainly for the post-show, mm. but we got tickets to the event because we were there. And I've got to be honest, by the time MJF won that title, I had two thoughts in my head. <laughs> Great, and I'm like, let's beat – this crowd out of this building because <laughs> I I was the driver that night so I still had another good two and a half hours ahead of us but sure. even with that that moment was amazing I think the FTR Briscoes trilogy this year we're gonna get part three of it tomorrow night but I think that has been compelling even though they've been able to do very little with building it up I think Vince retiring is a major moment just because in all our lifetimes, wrestling has been one thing and there's been one man at the top. And now the fact that he's gone and things could change, not that everything's going to change for the better, but it really opens up that landscape. I think the Bray Wyatt return was major. Like Way said, everything leading up to it was the most was some of the most innovative thinking stuff WWE's done in a while. And then for it to all pay off was great. And then Sammy and the Bloodline, I think what mm-hmm. they've done this year has, it's just been one of the great stories coming out of 2022. Absolutely. Um, for me, um, I kind of went with sometimes the bigger moments. Some of these are my, some, some of these are favorites, but some are just big. Like Vince McMahon, I wouldn't call it like a favorite necessarily he's leaving, but that's huge. Like this is a guy that was like uh, basically the good and bad and embarrassing in wrestling, you know, I mean, and I mean that like it's just he was just such a big figure. And, you know, like when you think about uh, the Attitude Era, you think about uh, the era in the 80s where, you know, we built Hogan and all that. But also just too some of the stuff that's so cringe where, you know, where people, you know, are not wrestling fans walk into a room and you have to explain this. Like most of that was Vince, you know, like, ah, this is, hey, I watched this. Sorry. But, you know, so Vince leaving is just a huge thing. Um, And I think some of this gets lost, but it's interesting. Steve Austin. Like uh, Andrew was saying, his final he came back this year to wrestle a match with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Like we got Steve Austin back this year. This year's been crazy. Like that almost falls under you know radar. That's insane. Cody Rhodes coming back at WrestleMania too because, uh, and I think way you touched about this uh, on the post episode when we were talking about WrestleMania. Like we got Cody Rhodes from AEW in WWE. You know, like we got you know downstate we got his theme music like we got everything and it's like we weren't sure we were because that's not a vince thing to do necessarily but we did um 
CM Punk and the media scrum. I had to throw it in there because it was such a huge deal. Even though, you know, it was one of those things. Where the next morning, I, I had went to bed after that show was over. And then I had friends mm-hmm. texting me like, what happened? What was this? And I'm like, huh? And then you see it. And it was, it was compelling. I like, I could not turn off that scrum. And then finally, little sidebar, I was not super into the Ring of Honor show that was being built this weekend. So much stuff going on. I was like, eh, probably skip it. And then they announced FTR versus the Briscoes in a double dog collar match. And one of my favorite moments this year, too, has been FTR versus the Briscoes. I think they just have there. There were a lot of great tag matches this year, but they had a physical style, especially when I look back at that first match too, where there were some of the punches where Dax was holding his hand and shaking his hand. And I thought. This is like something I hadn't seen in a long, long time. That's my top one. Now, the next list I got from Red Hawk Will on Reddit. He has Punk versus MJF dog collar match. Mm. Return of Bailey, EO, and Dakota at SummerSlam. Mm. The Joker winning the casino ladder match. The coin drop, hearing Okada's coin drop on American TV and then leading to Forbidden Door. And then Sammy being accepted by the bloodline. Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff, the Sammy stuff in particular is kind of something that's, it's like uh, Survivor Series this couple weeks ago. Like, he and the Bloodline made that event for me in particular. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it, it's getting real cool to see, like, where this is, where this is going. Cause, like, I, I like, especially with the, the Bloodline stuff, I like seeing people's different theories, like, what's going to happen. Like, a lot of people have been pointing out that Solo Sokoa is, like, being very distant from, like, the, the rest of them. He's kind of, like, to himself, but, like, a lot of people are saying that's just Solo's character and that's just how he is. And he, he isn't really too, too buddy, buddy. But I, I like seeing like the, the, the different uh, things, you know, people were speculating about Elimination Chamber in Montreal and, you know, Sammy, you know, he's going to be in Canada and like he probably get a title match or something. Like it, I, I just like seeing all the different stuff that people sort of plotting out about what could happen as far as this storyline goes. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very invested. Every single member of that group has its own sort of identity. You know, most impressed I've been yep. is, is actually with Solo Sokoa, somebody with no sort of prior, um, you know, cachet with like the, the, the main yeah. roster WWE audience. And he feels like such an integral part of the group. Now. Very much so. Dave, I'm going to give you two more lists. Give me a couple more lists and then we will get to the end of this. You know what I'll do too? Uh, like I'm going to take some stuff that uh, maybe people haven't said. All right. So anyone that's kind of repeated, like I got a list from Jake St. John and two of the things he has on here that we haven't heard yet. Um, one was the, again, I think he's taken more just bigger moments because these certainly aren't necessarily happy moments, but uh, the Kota Ibushi uh, New Japan wrestling feud that happened. And also he had Scott Hall passing away. Now, Scott Hall passing away definitely is a, a mega, mega moment. Um, for me personally, I talked about it on the show before. Uh, my mom passed away this year. She was the hugest Scott Hall fan. And literally Hall had passed away and my mom went in the hospital. Like there was a deep connection for me personally with between like, you know, pro wrestling and Scott Hall and Scott Hall passing away this year, I think is just, again, he's one of those guys that he was just, you know, unfortunately he didn't always have everything, you know, going for him, you know, personally, but like, like such a brilliant mind in the wrestling business and such a major large in life character. I'm sorry for your loss, man, about your mom. Sorry to do that. Mm-hmm. Thanks guys. Now I've got a list from Kenny color. From the Mothership Facebook group, he's got Punk at the Media Scrum, Vince leaving wrestling, MJF's pipe bomb, MJF winning the title, and then he's got Jericho getting abducted as his number five. That's been a more recent development. What was that? 
Oh, Jericho got a gut. What is this? Is this uh, no, like Jericho, in my brain right now? He was on a podcast talking about he believes he had this missing time thing going in. And I believe oh, he said oh, it could have been, okay. you know, alien abduction. It's uh, just funny okay, to hear okay. it come out of Jericho. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't heard that one either. <laughs> so. but, but, you you, you want to know, just to add in, like another cool moment from this year was when um was when Seamus got the standing ovation after the match mm. with their Clash of the Castle. Like that, mm-hmm. that that was like a real cool thing because like I, I think everybody's known for like I would say like the at least past two years, bro. Shame has been putting on bangers. Like he he's it's, it's like a thing now, but like he really has had like a great stretch of this career, and like I think it was very cool to see him get that. You know, everybody everybody to verb or, or express that to him. He got to have that great moment at Clash of the Castle. Yes, Absolutely. now definitely. And Dave, we're gonna wrap this up short yeah. because we're about on the time we said we were gonna do so. Getting down to the top three, I've kind of accumulated some votes, and I've got Sammy in the bloodline, Austin at WrestleMania, MJF winning the title. Mm. Of these three things, what would you guys make as your number one? For me, it's got to be MJF is up there, but I feel like Sammy joining the bloodline just got everybody's hearts in WWF or WWE at the right time. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead. <laughs> so so what, what were the three? Sammy and the Bloodline, MJF and Cody? Or, and or was the third MJF one? MJF winning the title, and then Austin wrestling at WrestleMania. Got it, okay. Right. So again, I, I guess I want to clarify, you know, are these like more favorites or are these biggest moments that we're looking to choose? This always happens with the 531 where we put it out mm-hmm. and then it's kind of mm-hmm. open to interpretation. I would say favorites. I, I say biggest, but it's kind of like, I guess, what's biggest in your mind. Got it. Um, And again, it was Austin. It was Sammy MJ. and the Bloodline. And it was MJ. MJ. Uh, I'm going to go go with uh, Sammy and the Bloodline. I, yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to say... The only, only reason I'm going to say Sammy in the bloodline is because I think Austin's probably going to wrestle again at WrestleMania mm-hmm. 39. I, I, I definitely, he, he, I saw him say that he was like, he's just working out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you're just working out and posting videos about it on Instagram. Yeah, okay. You're just working out. He, he getting ready for another match. But the only reason I'm going to say Sammy in the bloodline is because we're still seeing it play out and we genuinely don't know when this is going to end. And I think it's primarily because, well, primarily depends on when Roman shows up. Cause like, but be honest with you, I don't. I don't think we're going to see Roman on WWE TV at all this month. I think he's going to be like completely gone until the, the new year, until we lead up to the Rumble. And I'm, I, I, I like, yeah, I'm just very interested in seeing like a lot of people's theories about how this storyline is going to play out, man. Ho- hopefully, Sammy gets some type of some some big out of this, man. Like, prim- like yeah. if I had to guess, I, I seen like a lot of people say, and I, I sort of think the same thing that him and Kevin Owens probably win the tag titles from the Usos and Mania. Like, I mean, that that would be that that, that would be a good little you know payoff to the to the story, I guess. Definitely, yeah, Dave. What do you think? So it's funny, like uh, with what I was thinking too. Like, if you're talking biggest, um, there's a lot of different big moments. Um, yeah. Steve Vince Austin is the biggest. Vince is yeah. the biggest. Story. Vince is no, the yeah, biggest. That, 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 that's not that, even. That's, right. that's the yeah. I would I would say Vince, that's the biggest wrestling news story like of the year. It is not oh, uh, yeah, we can go back. We could argue like decade. Like this is this is huge. Um and out of the three you gave me, I would say even Austin at WrestleMania could be argued the biggest. But when you're talking favorite, that's a personal thing. For me, the most enjoyable thing going right now today is Sami Zayn and the bloodline. Even when yeah, even when Vince was booking the show. I would say the bloodline was the best thing going today. It was like the only bright spot I was having a lot of times. And then Sammy was, you know, just taken up. Not. And then when Triple H got involved and started booking, it's like this thing 
jumped up another level. And then that infamous Usi promo, like Wade was talking about earlier. And now it's just built up so, so much. And to the point where people are just so excited that Jay finally like hugged this guy, you know? And it's like, and there's so many different ways you could go with this still. And I think that's one of the interesting things. I like Andrew, I do think we're going in the direction of tag championships with him and Kevin, but like, it's one of those things. It could go a lot of different ways, and that's what's been great about it. So if we're talking fun, it's got to be Sammy and the Bloodline. Well, guys, you heard it. Sammy and the Bloodline wins our favorite moment of 2022. And Way, Andrew, thank you for t- taking the time to join us. We've battled through nervousness, technical difficulties. Before we let you go, what would you what would you like to promote? Well, you can find uh, all of our work, uh, including Andrew Thompson's at postwrestling.com specifically for uh, myself. We've got our Christmas show coming out December 23rd. So subscribe to post wrestling on your favorite podcast feed or at youtube.com slash post wrestling. And uh, thank you guys again for having me on. Yeah. Nigga, uh, find me on, on, on Twitter at AD Thompson underscore underscore uh, written work. Of course at postwrestling.com. Check out all the stuff that myself, uh, John and, and, and that good man, Neil Flanagan. Who was uh who's also great work doing the post anniversary show? Big shout out to Neil, man. That's my guy. Even though I blocked him from coming to the post anniversary show, as they say, <laughs> that's the, that, that, that that's that's the word that's the word out there. That I blocked Neil, but you guys check out my interviews channel, uh, Andrew Thompson interviews on YouTube and stuff this weekend. So yeah, that's about it for me. Excellent, and we've got everything in the description. So guys, check out Post Wrestling for it's my go-to wrestling like. When Raw was terrible on TV, <laughs> it was awesome in post. So check out these guys. You will not regret it. Thank you so much, Joe and Dave, uh, for all the kind words. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 